0: All right, the Sconeheads podcast is back after the long-awaited Dynasty Rookie Draft for 2023 has been completed. Ben and I are back on August 9th today to talk to you about the recap of the draft, which only lasted about three days, um, so we have a lot to talk about. Uh, We'll break it down, give some some of our opinions on who we think did well and who shit the bed. Uh, Preseason football is right around the corner, so we are excited to get back into the swing of things on this pod. Uh, We finish up today by discussing how Tony's corner changed up after the draft and some other NFL related news. All right.
1: Yo, what is up everybody? Yo, what's up, Will? That was a that was a long intro there. Yeah, do you like the like the tailing off there? Yeah, that was pretty good. I, I like feeling your voice, and you know, actually, I I've got a brand new beer here, so I'm actually gonna do a quick thing that I've never done in the pod before, and just oh. open one open one with you. I, I did I did notice something. Whenever I ask you what you're drinking, you always say you know what I'm drinking. I'm always drinking the same thing. I saw something different on on my screen. So tell the people at home what you're drinking.
0: If you're watching on YouTube, which you're not, because this isn't on YouTube, um, <laughs> I'm drinking a, a a Bush Light Peach.
1: That's good. That's it's, respectable. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I'm
1: not the biggest fan, but you could you could have one or two and be okay. Yeah, that's that's the classic line for like a fruit beer that's like kind of good, but like not great. It's like, I'll have one or two, but I can't have too many more than that. So, um, and you know, I also hate to do this, to you will, but. I'm gonna hit you with a, a fact check right off the bat and let you know that preseason football actually has already started. The Hall oh, of Fame game, right. the Hall of Fame game is behind us at this point. So, uh, I think the Bears' first game is on Saturday against the Titans. So, I'm definitely excited to watch Justin Fields hand the ball off three times and then get benched. Um, but football's in the air. I'm pretty pretty stoked. Ever since our rookie draft, I, I really haven't stopped looking at it since it ended. So, I'm I'm pumped to to recap that with you today yeah you're right I, I did forget about the hall of fame game who could ever forget
0: uh um, yeah but yeah yeah i'm definitely excited for that for more football but um and i think this year right it's only three preseason games like last year there was yeah, it just like
1: that? yeah yeah last year it was like that too okay. I, I don't know if that was the first i think it's been that way maybe at least a couple years uh i don't I know, know i think last year would have been one, the first year right
0: i don't know i have no idea I'm not gonna look it up either. We're dating ourselves here. We don't know. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Um, know. Yeah. So uh, what's
1: new with you, buddy? Anything? Uh, no, not really. I'm ready to get the season started. Uh, I think I'm gonna start my annual rewatch of the league. Maybe tonight. I don't know. Like as as soon as like the lull starts, when I like start doing drafts, but then there's no football on just yet. I gotta kind of fill that void, so I'll throw on the league and just rewatch as far as I can, basically until the season starts. So. Other than that, yeah. you know, not, not much. Just, just kind of chilling, watching a lot of Cubs baseball lately. That's been pretty lit. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, the Cubs are Cubs are playing their
1: playing their balls off.
0: They've uh, <laughs> what? What are they a won six, six series in a row? I think. Um, and as of as of yesterday, they were a game and a half back of the Central. So it's pretty sweet. Um, and I was looking up some of their stats last night just to just to kind of get the ball rolling, you know, got to get the baseball stats and we can get into football. But the they have the man. plus 67 run differential, which is the third best in the NL, best in the NL Central by far. Nobody else even has a positive run differential, which is hilarious. Um, awesome. And just because uh, we have our own segment of DGEN delight, I figured I would let everybody know my degenerate activity that I have on the Cubs this year. I do have a ticket for them to win the Central. I have a parlay of the Bears and Cubs to make the playoffs. That's a fun one. Um, and then I have over 76.5 wins, which they only need to go 18 and
1: 30 in their remaining 48 games to get that. I'm feeling pretty good about that one, so I think you can take that one to the bank already. That sounds like a fun group of futures to have on them, all very attainable, I think. Um, I threw I yeah. threw a, a fiver on their World Series uh, odds when they were plus 14,000 or whatever it was, five to win 700, <laughs> you know, just... Just nice. for fun, you know, they're buyers, nice. so you got to take a shot on that. Yeah, and I know, uh, I know.
0: Last time when we had we had talked about how we had the little bar crawl action going on last week or two weeks ago at this point, um, we did a little pre gaming to the to the bar crawl. And by pre gaming, I mean a little blitz ball. Me and you played. Um, didn't go as I wanted. Um, it's been a while since we played. We played a little one on one. The arm was not feeling great, but. You, uh, I don't really want to say the score, but you, you can say it if you want. Um, I think it was like 12
1: to 3, maybe. Well, you but said it, so I don't have to say it. Thank you. Well, um, it was going to
0: come out anyway, you know.
1: That, that was the score, and I don't feel bad about it at all because I feel like you win every year. Um, yeah, my arm actually felt pretty good right after, but like a week later, for some reason, I feel like I was just driving or something, and I noticed, like, man, my right elbow was really sore. So I was really worried for a second that I, like, you know, Tore up my elbow just throwing a blitz ball, but I feel pretty good now. And I was, you know, I was playing some volleyball earlier in the week. I think my arm is still intact. So I think I I survived playing wiffle ball at age 27, which is uh, a relief, to be honest. I I thought I might not have been able to do that at this point. That was, yeah, that was a fun time. It was a hot day, though. So, but yeah, you had had
0: your fan support, too. So I think that, uh, I think that kind of helped you, too. But yeah, it was good. I don't want to make excuses. Yeah, no
1: home field advantage for you. So,
0: Unbelievable. That's true. Um, I guess one more thing before we get into football. Um, I did want to ask you something that maybe would be, I think, would be interesting for for the audience to hear. Um, you you have a little hobby that you do on the side, uh, a little card collecting. Um, I just have a few questions. Like yesterday, you sent a Snapchat of like you pulled like Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy. Okay. Which, so okay. Sorry, I'll let you finish. Which I don't. No, I just I just don't understand how you even get those cards to begin with.
1: But that's for like really cool. Like I want those cards. Okay, those those aren't mine. So I was I was just walking around the mall Dang yesterday it. and found a cool store that had a lot of these like signed cards for sale. So I, I don't own the Hardy's cards. All the other cards I send you guys a picture of are, are mine. But I was uh I was just out yesterday and and, and saw some signed wrestling cards. So that was uh, a nice fi- a nice find in the mall. So sorry to disappoint on that question, but um how how much are these cards that you're buying? It depends on the card.
0: So okay, you pulled one the other day. It was like a like a Sox like guy coming up the, the the system. Like was that just in a pack that you got?
1: Yeah, that one was actually I bought like a box. Um, I bought a minor league like old school. It's called Heritage Series box. So like it's old school style cards, but it's like of minor leaguers. Um, and I pulled a redemption card for an autograph card for Colson Montgomery. So you like send it in and then they email or not email. They, they mail you back a signed card for that guy. So I just ended up finally getting that one. So I'm not sure. I think I'll hold on to to that one. I don't really feel like selling that. I just want to add her to the collection. So. And that was going to be my last question. What's the point of this? Is it
0: the point to like sell or just to collect? What are you doing? Like, are you trying to get all of them signed? Like, and then when they are signed, like how, like are they actually signed?
1: Yeah, so I don't I don't get like, uh, I get like uh, certified signs signed ones. So that's like the ones that they actually signed for tops, and so it's on the card and it's like actually real. Um, I don't buy like in person signed ones where people like take a picture or whatever of them signing it. I don't really mess around with that. So um, that's and yeah, dare. that's 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 how I know they're actually signed. But th- the goal eventually is just to you know just keep. Keep getting Cubs ones that are cool, I guess, eventually, you know. I do a little trading, you know, like do some mail trading with some folks online, just send them some cards, Jesus they send me some cards back, you know. It's, that's how you how do, that's so how you, if they have that's pretty
0: cool actually. So if they pick cards you want, that's actually really smart. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: It's like yeah. trading in fantasy. You're just trying to, you know, help it's, brother out, you know.
1: It's, yeah, it's, it's literally all it is. We're just filling needs, you know. <sighs> so that's well that's a good anyway. segue actually to uh to trading. <laughs> You yeah, got some is. trades to wow. go over. Look at us. News around the league. Didn't it's even like do we that on it. purpose. We did. Um, yeah, there was definitely some fireworks going on outside of just the draft picks themselves. Um, the trade market was going pretty wild during the draft. It was a, it was a fun three days to be honest. It was like it was. You never knew when someone was going to make a pick. If someone was on the clock for longer than like three hours, you kind of figured that there was some interest in trading for the pick because people were just all over it. So. Um, there were three trades that actually ended up going down that kind of shook up the draft. So um, we'd start off with the first trade of the day. I like in the in the agenda here. We'll add the timestamps of the trades too, which I kind of appreciate. You know, kind of show you the series of events and how long things took to go down. So at 9:55 a.m. on July 31st, I believe, which was the first day of the draft, uh, Alan Chuck traded. Uh, the eighth pick of the draft, Khalil Herbert and Devontae Parker, which wait, hold on. Devontae Parker is not a Chicago wide receiver. Um <laughs> he's uh he's not he's definitely not, but uh he plays okay, football that's, somewhere. That's that's not important for the notes anyway. But uh basically gave up uh, the eighth pick and Herbert for the sixth pick. Uh got Curtis Samuel back as well, but I think for the most part that might be salary related. Um maybe there's some value there. But the main parts of this trade was Danny B moving back two spots and getting Khalil Herbert and his super cheap contract. So, uh, of course, everyone at this point knows that Alan Chuck ended up taking C.J. Stroud with the sixth overall pick. Second quarterback off the board. Kind of a shocker that they didn't go with Bryce Young. At the time of the trade, I kind of assumed they were going with Bryce Young. So I said if they value Bryce Young better than the sixth pick, then it's a really good uh, good trade, which I'm sure they do. And they obviously valued Stroud more than that, too. So. Um, what do you think about the trade, Will? Yeah, I thought it was
0: interesting um, that they traded up basically in front of me to to get the pick of the litter of who they wanted, and then they they ended up actually talking to me a little bit to see if to gauge my interest if I wanted to move up one spot and to be able for me to be able to pick who I wanted, which yeah. it would have been the guy who I got. So I'm glad I didn't do it. Um, I don't. He didn't actually offer me anything, I don't think, but. Um, I'm guessing I would have had to give up like somebody or maybe a pick next year or something, um, or probably probably pretty good value because it is moving up one whole spot um, in the first round, which um, you know was a pretty big deal. But yeah, I was I was about as shocked as anybody when when Stroud came off the board and I and I had Young fall into my lap because I was really banking on getting Stroud the entire off season.
1: Yeah, um, to be honest with you, so I didn't really pay much attention to Bryce Young. Um, It's gotta be like a a little bit of a mental twist for you. You've probably been doing a lot of mental gymnastics all off season to convince yourself. No CJ Stroud is actually the better quarterback. And then you ended up getting Bryce young anyway. So I don't know if you actually did that, but now now you can throw all that away. No, like the entire off season I was like, why isn't the number
0: one quarterback going like as the first QB? And then I don't know. It, it kind of the way we'll talk about it later, but yeah, I think the way things that turned out is, uh, was good for me. Um, yeah other than that i think danny b getting cleo, cleo herbert the cheap running back is a really good pickup and moving like you said moving back those two spots didn't really hurt him um he didn't he wasn't going to draft a qb and he knew you know it was going to be two qbs in a row so um getting falling back to eight and getting johnson
1: johnson was fine for him yeah i mean he got he got herbert for free basically he was going to pick johnson anyway uh, i imagine yeah. um maybe he does something different at that spot with the pick value but Clearly didn't want either of the quarterback, so I, I love it for him.
0: All right, and then
1: we had a trade that happened.
0: So all these trades, I think, happened in the same day. Um, is that right? I think so. All yeah, all in yeah, the. All first happened day. July thirty first, which is crazy, because um, I feel like everybody was talking about trading all like the whole three days. Um, so the second trade was between Al or sorry, tuna fish, Al and Chuck. Um, and Monks of Vegas, or Scums of Vegas, uh, Tuna Fish gave up the second round, second pick of this year's draft, and also gave up a 2024 second rounder uh, via Team Estelle. Um, And then the Monks of Vegas gave up their uh, 10th overall pick of this year's draft. So essentially, um, Jake moved up, or sorry, um, Tuna Fish moved up about, what, four spots, um, to take who he wanted at that 10th pick, um, which ended up getting uh, Zach Charbonnet with the 10th pick. um, And then Monks of Vegas ended up taking Rasheed Rice with that uh, second round, second pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you read my draft grades, you know that I graded uh, graded, uh, Jake's draft pretty low, and maybe this trade was part of his downfall, uh, which I don't really actually think. I think it was a, a fair deal. Probably right on the dot fair especially considering that the fourth year options nice if you really like a rookie uh, if you really like a rookie in the first round um and I don't think Jake really did at this point so I do really like the Sharps get for the tuna fish and I don't think it would have made a ton of sense for Jake here anyway he's got a pretty deep running back group as is and also added to it late in the draft so I think the trade kind of was a pretty even deal straight up to be honest so I think it made a lot of sense again I, I don't have a lot of critiques in either of these trades which Kind of a cop out, but I think they made a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I guess I didn't. I didn't really think about the the first round implication of getting Charbonnet earlier, because honestly, I probably would have taken Kendry Miller at that spot um, over Charbonnet. But that's just me. Um, and especially with that crowded Seattle backfield, I just I'm not the biggest not the biggest Charbonnet
1: fan. I mean, New Orleans is kind of. Weird as well. They're definitely looking for more running backs too. So that's kind of the hard thing. You can't really get around the three viable running back backfields these days. Like you kind of just got to believe in the talent, believe he's going to get the touches. Um, Anything else for that one? I don't think
0: so. There's just one more trade that happened. Actually, I think it act an hour later exactly. Um, These were all like an
1: hour apart, or maybe this was that.
0: I don't think these were all on the same day. There's no way. I think they were. Um, Okay, well, either way, uh, Dayman and Nightman traded their uh, 2023 third-round second pick for Alan Lazard to the Ratcats. So Dayman and Nightman pick up a receiver, New York Jets receiver Alan Lazard, reunited back with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, gave up that that third-round second pick, which uh, I don't remember who they ended up drafting with that pick. Uh, I believe it was Chase Brown they ended up getting, so the rat cats did
1: yeah that was a good pick um first of all give yourself some credit will your notes were correct these were all on 731 and they were all right. like all like the first one was two hours after the first one or the second one was yep. two hours with the first one and the third one was exactly an hour later it's kind of weird how it all happened like kind of at that time um <laughs> but yeah like yeah i think you said it well like um i think it's a really sensible trade for both parties i, I probably like it a little bit better for day man and the night man in the present for like the immediate present upside, but I mean, Chase Brown could provide some, some fantasy value this season, depending on what happens with Joe Mixon. So overall, I mean, again, I'm just kind of calling these all good trades. I think they all made sense. Like people are doing what they need to do for their team. So don't really have much else to, to add to that. All right. And then finally wrapping up the transactions since the draft, there were some undrafted free agents signed on the agenda. We'll put random pickups, nothing notable. Because he definitely didn't look at it. And I just wanted to call out that the undrafted free agent market was pretty intense. So I think I got a couple good additions on my team, uh, which I'm probably just calling out as practice squad targets uh, for later in the year. But Kenny McIntosh, running back for Seattle. Once those guys get hurt, you guys are all going to want him. So you're going to really, really uh, regret that. And then A.T. Perry is a receiver on the Saints. And there's not a lot of receivers on the Saints. So uh, you're all going to want him, too. There were a bunch of other pickups that I haven't really done done any notes on because I just wanted to talk my guys up, but that was that was basically it. So
0: the only other notable one is Cream Hunt being picked up by the Rat Cats. Um, Cream Hunt's being really weird right now and just kind of <laughs> going to the <laughs> going all over the place. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a bit, but that's another notable pickup. Um, so quick question, Ben: waivers that go through every? Do they go through every Thursday then? Or is
1: it? At the moment, yeah. Until the season starts, I think within like the first week of games, it starts uh, going every day. But yeah, right now yeah. it's just happening on Thursdays.
0: Yeah, I actually, I, I had waited too late to do like pickups of, of those undrafted rookies, um,
1: so I I missed that.
0: But um, I don't know. There might be some other ones still out there. Who knows?
1: There are. There definitely are. I, I definitely bid on more, and I thought you could go over the twenty two roster limit. But yeah, if if you miss this one, it's on you. I kind of felt bad for the last one because it was like right after the draft ended. But um, there were some guys. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of why
0: I think that's kind of why I missed it. Um, yeah, I just was like draft over. Don't need to think about it. And then yeah, um, and, until the until the pot, of course. But
1: yeah. Well, let's move into the. Well, how the draft went and kind of compare it to the mock draft that we went over. Uh, Nick's mock draft held up pretty well, actually. The first five picks, complete chalk. Uh, Everyone listening knows how the draft went, so won't (laughs) recap everything. But things got a little bit out of order at six and seven where, you know, Bryce Young was mocked first. Then C.J. Stroud was mocked. And that is kind of a reasonable switch. So, you know, whatever. And then things got a little bit weird at the end of the first round. So, um is there anywhere where you want to dive into the mock draft and kind of start talking about what yeah, you think about draft strategy just, here?
0: It was just interesting how you mentioned like top five was all chalk, and then after six it kind of went a little crazy. And I think one of, one of the surprises here, and it's not really a, a surprise, but um, for me at least, and just the way you talked about it, I kind of had a feeling you were going to go after Dalton Kincaid um, there at the 11th. I did I think it. I See, the way you were talking about tight ends, the way I was thinking about tight ends, I kind of wanted to get him early second round if I could. Um, and that's why I was trying to move my first round 12th pick. Um, yeah. That was ultimately what I was trying to do was basically get Kincaid a little bit later than I could have. Um, but if he would have been there for me at 12, I, I probably would have done it. Interesting. So, yeah, I just um, I think he's going to be a beast. And he's, like, he's more of like a receiver... And a tight end, and I don't know, I think he's going to be pretty good. And especially because right now I have two I have two uh, expiring tight ends. So I was just kind of looking to bolster that room moving forward um, with a longer, you know, a rookie, um, a longer contract with that first in that first uh, year option or that fourth year option as well.
1: Yeah, that was that was really the, the biggest piece of rationalization that got me to pick him was the fourth year option because if I was going to try and like get back to move back up in the second to take him or something, um, as everyone knows, it's pretty rare to be a impactful fantasy tight end right off the bat. So I figured if it was going to be worth it at all, even I needed to definitely have the option to have a fourth year on him, um, which of course I believe next year that changes. So next year the, the draft contracts do change to the two plus two structure for all rounds. And then the first round has a fifth year option. I believe that's how it works. So I'll, want to verify that, but I think that's how it's going to work in the future. Um, but with it being the last year of three round con- or three year contracts in, in the second and third round, I thought there were definitely some interesting picks where people made a pick in the first round that I think the fourth year option was the, the deciding factor um, Kincaid. And then mentioned earlier, I think Al getting Alan Chuck getting Charbonnet at 10, another scenario where fourth year option probably meant a lot to them. Uh, so I think that was kind of what made a lot of the like, last four picks in the first round what they were i I like zay flowers too so i mean i thought that was a a fine pick by zach regardless of first round option but yeah
0: yeah yeah i like zay flowers too a lot and i know i know you had mentioned something maybe maybe it was in your mock grades or um maybe it was your article i don't remember but um something about maybe jordan addison at five yeah if you had strong opinions about that one
1: yeah, yeah, not too much different. I mean, I, I wrote it in the Slack if you want to read it, but it was just too early to pick him, and I think that Tony could have done a better job leveraging his pick to try and get a little bit more capital. Essentially what Danny B did at six. I mean, he... Yeah. I, I think Tony was... It was a little bit more risky. Like, if he moved down, there wasn't a guarantee that he was going to get Addison because maybe Danny took him at six um, or took him before he got back up. Uh, but, I mean, I mean, Danny literally got a free Khalil Herbert, on a six dollar contract for just moving back two spots and getting the same guy. So that's what I think Tony should have done. Um I think Addison's gonna be a really good receiver, of course, you know, and probably I think he could be the best rookie receiver like in terms of point scored this year, just because of what he's coming into. So uh I don't hate the pick, but it's just for the value. I think he could have maybe gotten a little bit more for the you know, the quarterback need right behind him.
0: Yeah, I also think that the not the pressure, but like I was trying to maybe move up to that pick with Tony and the, you know, the inter- intra division. Um, True. I don't think, I don't think he wanted to to help me out. I was willing to help him out, but um, whatever.
1: <laughs> I could appreciate that. Not wanting to hand a division mate, a potential franchise quarterback. I mean, from that perspective. Yeah. That I, interesting.
0: I, I think it makes sense. I just think I would have, I was going to get one. I feel like I was going to get one regardless. So that was my kind of way of. I, I tried to frame it that way to him, and like, I don't know. So, so yeah, that's kind of my thought. And then just touching on my last pick uh, at twelve, there, Kendry Miller. I know he's been talked about a lot um, between our between us and just kind of overall fantasy because of the situation in New Orleans. Uh, Alvin Kamara being only suspended three games, um, so Alvin Kamara is on the bad news beers on my team. So um, he. Being suspended three games, obviously Kendra Miller, ha- having him is huge um, for just that span, but also for the future um, as Kamara is getting up there in age um, at this point, And I can't see him being with all the legal troubles he's been in. I feel like I, I can't see him being, um, you know, in the league too much longer. I feel like these running backs just like all of a sudden are gone. Um that's what happens when you're getting it's just tackled by 300 pound guys yeah i know it's just crazy. it's just crazy it's like i feel like they're in their prime and then like all of a sudden they're not on a team and it's just the end of it um yeah. so yeah I, I i really enjoyed my pick there um and i actually had had uh Reds, I actually got a few notifications on my phone last night while prepping for this. And I thought they were pretty funny. Um, so one of the note, like it was basically an article of like rookies and um, like top news with all of them. And the first thing was that Bijan Robinson was listed as the running back three on the depth chart. Yeah, um, so I know, I know, I know it's whatever, but I just thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> just cause obviously Al has been talking about Bajan and obviously the, the best talent, the, should have been the number one pick, whatever. But it's just funny that he's starting off as in like a worse depth chart position than some other running backs, um, behind obviously Cordell Patterson and and Algier. So two just powerhouses. Um, and then the other the other pieces of that were that uh, oh, someone's driving fast, or um, that I tried to mute in time, but you know that's,
1: <laughs> that's what happened.
0: The other the other piece of it was that Br- Bryce Young was locked in as a starter. Um, so I thought that was, I I mean, that was pretty obvious, but I just thought that was good for me. And that's big. That's good. Yeah. And, and big. Um, and then the last one wasn't much on rookies, but that the Bucks QB battle was kind of still going on between, uh, Baker and Kyle Trask. And that just like, I don't know. That just made me throw up a little bit, but go from Tom Brady to that.
1: I don't know if you saw the, the picture of their depth chart that they released, but, and I, I've never seen this. They literally put an or in between yeah. Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask to just be like, we haven't picked I, at all. I, it's never Either happened. Either or before. is the starter. That's so funny. Uh, speaking of depth charts, no, I noticed I, my, my guy, Roshan Johnson, is going to be RB1. Uh, the Bears have him as RB5 right now. He's behind Tristan Ebner. So oh, no. just another. Just another rookie earn your stripes thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to read into this at all um, yeah. because it's just like a rookie just clickbait earn your stripes kind of thing. It's just disgusting. Uh, I think the, the only other thing I wanted to make sure I added was uh, that I didn't specifically call out in some of the write-ups I did was Al, getting, Al and Chuck getting CJ Stroud probably was a bigger deal than I made it out to be, just be, in my mind at least, uh, just because I felt like having Desmond Ritter as their QB2 was a super limited ceiling. And I know it's a rookie QB, so you can't, like, bank on him. But, like, you can, in your mind, like, find C.J. Stroud having a more explosive season than Desmond Ritter, I think. So I think it gives them a really, like, a much higher best-case scenario as a team. So I just wanted to call that out, too, that them trading up to get in a position to take him uh, really, I think, is going to change their ceiling for the season, at least. Who knows if it works out or not? But, uh, you know, him over Ritter, I think, is going to be a nice QB two situation for them.
0: Yeah. I think something else to, to touch on that with, with Ritter is that he was, you know, he wasn't a second overall or what was CJ Stroud second overall pick. Yeah. Second right? overall. Des, Desmond Ritter was, I think he was a third rounder. Um, I think so. Yeah. So let me pull this up. Yeah. He was a, he was drafted 74th overall in the 20, 2022 draft. So, you know, and he was a rookie half, last sure. year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, obviously in a way better situation than the uh, other quarterback that I had drafted last year as my last overall pick. But um, I I mean, yeah, like you said, I think it's a much, I think it's way big, a a huge improvement over Desmond Ritter, uh, even though it is a rookie, Um, but an Ohio State quarterback at the same time.
1: Yeah, we'll see. I'm not saying it's gonna for sure work out for them. Maybe Ritter ends up being like the higher floor play that they end up going with as their QB two, especially as you know Stroud finds his way early in the season. But I think just in general, that gives their team a better best case scenario, and it's kind of exciting. Like this is the first crop of true franchise quarterbacks like drafted into our league. Last year there was the weak QB draft, and it was kind of lame, like with Pickett and yeah, you know, kind of being. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ritter still Malik around, Willis, yeah. yeah. Recipes. Um, well, He's second either. on the depth oh. chart. While we're talking depth charts, okay. Well, that's another. Uh, that's that's another rookie thing. Will Levis is gonna shoot up that chart. There's someone else there too, isn't there? Isn't there another quarterback on that roster? I thought there was. I don't. Think I don't know. So. Maybe I'm making that up. But I don't know. Anyway, I think i think thinking it's gonna to be Carolina. Carolina yeah, has any they've, got they've got so many. I have all three of them. Yeah, that's you gotta gotta catch them all. Yeah, well, it'll be fun to see. Just want to see how they progress, see if they're worth it. Uh, you know, I feel like um, Anthony Richardson is going to be the ultimate test, um, which we'll get to in a second. But I think that's going to be the biggest, like, do you take these? Because, like, when you look at dynasty rankings, there's obviously, like, there's the value of losing the pick, obviously, if he busts. But in, like, most traditional dynasty leagues, there's not salary. So not only does Kevin have to use this pick on him, he has to pay him like he's a decent quarterback right off the bat. So I don't know. Yeah. That's I'm not saying anything that none of you don't already know, but I'm excited to follow it, see how it goes. Yeah, I, I've expressed,
0: I, don't, I haven't really expressed how I feel about him as a QB, but I I've expressed that I was shocked that he was just going, I, I mean, obviously I know it's because of the legs and everything, but um, and, and what he brings in that aspect of, of fantasy. And kind a of possible cannon arm. A rocket arm, if you will. Yeah, um, arm. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, well, let's, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, wh- I was just going to say, I'm excited to see how all these QBs turn out, um, especially where just where everybody
1: falls in the draft and everything. So Yeah, well, let's tap a little bit more into some of your feelings and opinions on <laughs> some of the draft picks. We're gonna hop a little, hop into our draft review here, and kind of just talk overall winners and losers who kind of just hung out during the draft. And- so Ben, I was
0: actually I didn't mean to, I don't mean to cut you off here, but oh, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, thinking about it to, to kind of look at how our draft salaries kind of fall into where QBs are being paid right now. Oh yeah, um, and it is interesting that. Uh, so, those three guys, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, they're basically 17, 18, and 20. I said it in the wrong order, but um, 17, 18, and 20 in paid quarterbacks. So, Richardson is the 17th highest QB um, in terms of salary um, right now. So,
1: it's not, not as terrible.
0: bad as I thought. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is a lot of money going to QBs in our league, believe
1: it or not. I mean, you, so. it's kind of fun. You can almost think of QBs like, two positions you know there's the qb1 qb2 i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna get into this but um, (laughs) he's being paid like a mid-tier qb2 so spin that one on you yeah um whatever let's talk draft let's talk winners let's talk losers let's talk shit let's talk stats numbers let's talk it all where do you want to start let's talk let's start with the winners let's let's start on a high note give some people some props where do you want to start
0: talk shit get hit um i will start because i think what the tuna fish did was i wouldn't say remarkable but i think it was uh very good and by very good i mean very very good because (laughs) they they got they did get their guy in bajan obviously it's been all the talk all off season and then I thought it was funny. I think Chuck put a message in like the slack check that they're thinking about dealing the pick or somebody said it like they're, they're dealing like a top two pick. I, I don't know. It was just funny. Um, I'm like, no, you're, it actually got me for a second. I'm like, are they really? I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> They've been no talking way. about this all, no all fucking off season. Um, and then I think just going uh, trading and getting that, that sixth overall spot, like you mentioned, like I think the CJ Stroud thing was kind of not talked about enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. for for them getting him and, and making potentially making him their QB two, So um, that's my first winner off the board just with that alone. And I think another thing with, with Al's Al and Chuck's draft is they had, let me see seven draft picks all within the first two rounds, 10 picks, right? Yep. Um, So, and they ended up getting, they still ended up getting Will Levis as well, uh, which is pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, We haven't even mentioned that. that. Like, they just yeah. ended up with yeah. also the QB4. Exactly. Kind of <laughs> random.
0: Yeah, and we've talked about it a little bit as well that uh, they got uh, Charbonnet, which we, which we t- touched on. So they did get another rookie first-round running back. Um, yeah. As well as Jonathan Mingo.
1: Yeah, another potential great value late wide receiver there. No, Al has been really trying to get him so i'm sure they're stoked to end up with him i think it's just going to be a a volume approach like that's going to kind of make this work out for them um they got two of the top four quarterbacks one of them is bound to be useful hopefully they drafted four running backs i think they got michael mayer who i don't think has a very high ceiling but you know got him pretty late so maybe he's a guy who provides some values like a backup tight end i don't know um but definitely, prov- yeah. definitely improve their team right now. And also, like, just it's just a, a lot of reapproach. Like, some of these guys got to hit. That's the idea, I think. Exactly. And, and like you said, I mean, Meyer was the first
0: tight end drafted, I believe, but he's more of a, no. he's a better. No, he wasn't. End. Was he?
1: No, he was all year, people thought he was going to be. Oh, the that's teams. right. That's right. Um, I think he ended up being the fourth tight end drafted in the actual draft, wasn't he? Yeah, I know I think he was after Kincaid and Laporta for sure
0: um, but I'm not sure if like one of the one of the guys that I got fit in before him. Um, but yeah I I think as we talk about it more, we don't have to keep talking about Al's team, but Alan Chuck's team but uh, yeah, a lot of draft picks here and I think like you said they're just gonna keep adding on to this young talent for to get their best roster available.
1: Yeah um, will I have you as one of my winners for sure. Uh, we definitely laid out a plan for you coming into the draft, which was obvious: get a QB. You did just that. I think you improved your team along with Al the most of any team right now for what you needed. So there's really no way to improve better than being able to win right now. So I think that's great. And then my other only other winner, I'll just wrap up mine is uh, Liam. Uh, I don't. He added a lot of good pieces to his team to improve his. Honestly, will improve his team now. I know that's not necessarily the the goal immediately because uh, he'll also, more importantly, improve his team for the future. But Uh, Again, I I wrote it up in the Slack channel if you want to read it, but I thought he had a great draft.
0: Yeah. um, My plan coming into the draft, obviously, was to get a a starting quarterback. I tried a lot to trade up and get a better spot, but I ended up just staying where I was and getting, getting, in my opinion, the the best available. Um, And then getting a, a running back that I already had, a starting running back, which for the team that I already had, I wanted to get it back up there. And it happened to be that he was a, a RB four coming into the year for rookie rankings. So um, I thought that was a good spot to take him. And then I did want, like I had mentioned to you, I did want a tight end at some point because we had talked about it last episode, how deep uh, the tight end draft was this year. So I really just wanted to get one of those guys, like basically one of Laporta Kincaid Meyer Musgrave. And I did get Musgrave in the third round. So I was happy to get him um, in my third round. And then I just took the other guy. Cause I, cause why not?
1: That's got to be our guy. Luke, I know it's not pronounced this way, but Luke Maker—that that is what we're <laughs> calling him, and that is our guy. He is you can't the say, biggest friend of the pod. Just because Jonathan Scope pronounces his name weird doesn't mean that he can. Come on, it looks so good. <laughs> you have, like... Alright, fine.
0: That's our leader. I'm
1: calling him that. I, Luke Sconemaker, That I'm rooting for this guy. <laughs> I. Right. I really wanted Musgrave. That's there. our, really yeah, that's our Musgrave guy. Yeah, that's our guy. I didn't touch on the Musgrave pick, but I really did like that. I was trying to, I was considering trading back up for him um, in the early third. So, uh, I think that was a good pick late, late on, like getting him for whatever you got him for, like what twelve dollars or something yeah. you're paying him. Yeah, yeah, that's really good.
0: Um, yeah, to add on to your winners, I, I also had Liam as a win. I had myself and Liam as winners as well. Um, Liam with. JSN at the fourth pick and then obviously getting Laporta later on. I know you talked about it a little bit in your recap how it is a little bit pricey for a tight end at 66 bucks, but I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be a monster. It might not happen right away, but um, as tight ends, you know, tend to take a little bit. Um, He was, he was a monster at at Iowa. So I think he'll be, I think he'll be a pretty good tight end there for, for Coors. And then I I even like his last two picks with um, Tajay Spears and Josh Downs as well. So, um, some solid picks there. I had a few other teams just kind of in the winner's category. Um, I didn't want to put them in like the happy to be here category. Cause I think they did a pretty good job at their draft. Um, the rat cats I had there because of their pick of Zay flowers, who I really liked. And as well as getting, improving their running back room with Devin, a chain um, I think picked him in the, with the fifth pick maybe, or the third pick of round two
1: early um, second. I
0: think it was. Pretty yeah, I think it was the third. Yeah, third round of or third pick of round two, which I didn't think I didn't think he was gonna last that long. I did when I was talking with Liam in trade talks. I did say at the fourth pick uh, that he wouldn't be able to get a chain, and I think he wanted to. So if he would have traded that for me, I would have ended up with Laporta, and then he might have gotten a chain at twelve or even Kendrick Miller. So uh, could have happened, but it didn't. Mine's a pretzel. <laughs> Yeah, essentially I, I was going to potentially trade Liam um, back for that second round fourth spot. Yeah, it's just it's just a love triangle of, of fantasy rookie draft picks, you know. We love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then the last – I had one more winner just because I, I like just tossing out the wins for everybody. I, I, I think Tony had actually a pretty good draft. Um, he did – like you, we had talked a little bit about Jordan Addison, but I did like his Roshan Johnson pick. I know it's a little bit of a homer pick um as you mentioned in your recap but i do like um i do like him and i think he's going to be kind of a monster and getting him at 205 and especially in our league with a bunch of bears fans i thought that was a pretty good uh value for him
1: yeah for sure um yeah that's all i have for my winners i actually didn't put everyone on my list so not everyone will show up but um i wrote a draft grade for everyone so deal with it go read that
0: yeah you Uh, already did it
1: (laughs) yeah um so, well, do you want to do like our 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 middle ish here? Are sure. happy to and, be here. Yeah, just kind of lays there. Yeah, just just kind of lays there. <laughs> um I just put a few in here and actually I'm kind of trying to talk myself I'll, I'll say my teams and then I'll I'll explain, but uh, I put myself in this category, Dayman man and the night man as well and Nasmo King and I after talking about Nasmo King earlier, I kind of want to move him up into the winners just because I guess I just didn't really like put full context around the fact that the trades that happened during the draft, um, like I guess I did say in Slack, the draft grades were truly about your value compared to the draft pick itself, not about like trades and everything like that. So uh, Danny's grade didn't really reflect the trade, but getting Khalil Herbert and basically getting the same guy, like that's got to be a win. So maybe I'm bumping him up to the winners. Um, for myself and Dayman and the Nightman, I thought we had a fine draft. I thought we got guys that we're happy to walk away with and i thought that we're both like we both kind of came in high in my power rankings and we both kind of leave high in my power rankings so it didn't really go bad it didn't go great we drafted that's it
0: yeah i i basically have the same teams in there uh like you mentioned your draft Taking the best that you can get. I, I do like your Dalton Kincaid pick once again, and then I believe you picked Jaden Reed, who's a Packer yeah. receiver. I don't know how I don't know how that is gonna go, but um, I like it. Uh, and then you had ta- you had said Dayman the Nightman. I also had them here, so yeah, Jameer Gibbs pick, uh, obviously a good pick. And then yeah, I, I wasn't a big it, yeah. fan. I wasn't a big fan of the Marvin Mims pick. Um, that actually might be better now that Tim Patrick is out. Um, I think he, did, I think he tore his Achilles, maybe. So he's probably, yeah. he's probably donezo um which sucks. But he was pretty good for a little bit, maybe, a five week stretch. um <laughs> he, he got an extension though. He got he got some money at least. He got paid. A That's bit, good. So, good for him. That's good. Good. For, got the got the bag. And then yep. uh, I also had Danny B in here. And then the last team I had just just kind of here was Kevin. Um, With, with his, with his picks. So really only, only reason is because he got a starting quarterback. Um, He only had two picks and his third round was just, I think it was a Cleveland receiver, Cedric Tillman. So um, just whatever.
1: (laughs) Just happy to be here. (laughs) Yep. All right. On to our biggest losers. I I put two teams here and I think one is maybe controversial, uh, but first one obvious from my comments in my write-ups and earlier scums of vegas uh honestly like not really like a, a bad draft to be honest but i i just didn't like the rishi rice pick and that was his highest pick and i think his team is kind of uh thin for the future and kind of needing to win now and i just don't know how much that pick is going to help uh so i don't know i thought that whatever he needed to do in the draft. I honestly don't know what I expected for him to do in the draft, but I'm considering him a loser coming out of this draft without, um, I don't know. I feel like it didn't really change his outlook for the year too much. Um, and then my second loser was actually team Estelle. And it was kind of the same reason that I started talking Nasmo King up to winner is just cause I felt like super disappointed that there wasn't something he could have done with the fifth pick just to get a little bit of extra value. Um, it was a good spot to be in with with people obviously needing quarterbacks. So I won't repeat myself on that stuff, but that's why I'm throwing them down uh, in the loser column. So I didn't really hate anyone's draft, though, to be honest. Like I, I really didn't. Um, I, I yeah. had to name some losers, though. Yeah, you have to. You have to.
0: Um, I had three losers, but actually, Jake was the only similar one. And for all the reasons you said, it wasn't a big. I'm not a big Kansas City Chiefs receiver guy. No, I um, can't be <laughs> just like skill positions in Kansas city. Like I don't understand how they can't be like amazing, but I don't know when you got a guy who spreads around so much and you got Travis Kelsey there, it's like, what else is there? What else right. do you need? Um, and then I had, so the other two guys that I had, you did not mention. Um, and this is really only because of the lack of a draft capital. I was strictly just doing like biggest winners and losers of drafting. Right. So right. the way I was looking at it was uh, Danny J and uh, AJ. Um, yeah. You know they only had they only had one pick each. Um, Danny J made a pick of Michael Wilson, who I didn't really know who that was before the draft. Um, a Cardinals receiver shows you how much homework I did on the receivers. Um, and then the other guy was uh, a running back or sorry a receiver for the Rams, uh, Puka Nakua. Um, probably said that right. Oh, that's fun! The first, the first news on this guy, Nakua and Tutu Atwell are currently in competition for the number three receiver. Now that's nice. a fun battle. That's a fun battle.
1: <laughs> that's good news though. Three number three receiver.
0: Guess who's the number two receiver though? Uh, Van Jefferson. Yeah. And Cooper Cup's hurt. Oh yeah, true. true. Um. Yeah. So that's really it. Um on the draft recap. Uh, I, I don't, I know you got to get, got to give losers, got to give winners the Harry Potter spell. Got to get the, got to be a loser on this one.
1: I did throw in a secret category. I'm labeling Kevin's draft officially a wild card because I didn't feel comfortable putting it into any of the categories just because the draft is literally Anthony Richardson. So, and as we've discussed, super high ceiling, super low floor kind of pick, it's going to have to pay him. So, Time will tell. There's just no way to know right now. So I'm I'm throwing Kevin in as a wild card, officially, on the record. Wild card. Wild card. And so with that, we can now update our power rankings, also known as our post-draft Tony's Corner. So we can get into this segment here. Yeah. Um, this was challenging. Um, it was.
0: Ben and I were just kind of really struggling to do our, our Tony's Corner today. And especially with, I feel like we did it last, I don't know if we we didn't rush into it. I think I thought about it a lot. But after looking back at it, I'm like, I changed up quite a bit. And I don't think, I really don't think the draft changed like so much from it. But um, I ended up <laughs> I ended up just kind of changing a lot. So I'm kind of sure. curious to see how, how years go. But I'll just give my top three right now. And then maybe you can give your top three. Um, and I'll yep. just I'll just say if it's changed. So um, my number one is still Kevin. Um, obviously, you just touched on the wild card draft pick. Um, in my opinion, you know, with his uh, with his quarterback room, he already has. You know, um, with with Josh Allen and. Trey Lance, who's been, you know, won't win the starting job, I don't think, at this point. And then Russell Wilson, who might have a bounce back year. You never know. So, Richardson being that wild card at at that QB2 for him, um, you know, might be the biggest question mark going into this. But I still think he is the number one seed or the number one power rank team for me. Um, At two, I didn't change this. I still have Ben um, and drive-through open late. Uh, Didn't improve much from a draft standpoint, but you really couldn't um, with what you had. And I think you still did get two solid guys out of your draft. Um, And then I had at three last week, I had Nick and Eddie. And this week, I actually have Alan Chuck. Um, So I did move the Tuna Fish up all the way to three. Um, I had them at seven last time. So I I really think that adding Bajan and CJ Stroud is going to be huge for them. Um, And yeah, I just think the young receiver room needs to be really good for this to actually happen
1: yeah makes sense um for me kevin won again for all the reasons you said his team was already where it needed to be so adding a project in richardson is just icing on the cake and then also have myself second still uh didn't add a ton of starting power in the draft but i still think i had enough to begin with and then i actually didn't change my third as well i still have aj up there um, I know AJ didn't add anything in the draft at all, really, but I just think that the top-heavy uh, talent on his team, if it all clicks, like that's enough to still be a really good team. Um, and that he's, you know, he's got some, some question marks in there. But you know, if Stafford could be even like a top fifteen quarterback again. If Tua could be a, a like the tenth quarterback in the league, um, that's a really good room. And I still think it's a a really good top-heavy team. So if things go well, I think that's that's a good team. And I did want to put a little context. I, I, I was going to bring it up a little bit in the winners and losers, and I forgot to. But I was looking into. Uh, I was doing some stathead searches, so um, you should go to stathead.com and subscribe. But I was doing some stathead searches. Um, I looked since twenty fourteen to look at uh, some some different classes of like rookies and how they scored in fantasy. So um, since twenty fourteen, there's only been five top-two-round rookie running backs that have scored 200 or more uh, half PPR points, so pretty similar to our league setup. Um, and then there were three that have done it in rounds three and up, so Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, both third-round third round picks, and Jordan Howard, a fifth-round pick. Um, David Johnson just missed as a third-round pick. But anyway, the reason I'm I'm, I'm saying all this is um, as great of a prospect as Bijan and Jameer Gibbs are, as we saw last year with Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker, whether it be injuries or not really getting into the lineup right away, um, relying on these rookies to be the top scorers in your lineup, I don't think is the smartest way to go. So, or at least I mean just like the most reliable from history's perspective. So um, I'm kind of just being a little bit harsh on those teams still until I see it basically just being like, you know, teams that are led by guys who have done it before are kind of getting better marks in my rankings. So, just kind of throwing that out there. I also wanted to throw out. So I, I, I brought these back to 2014. I originally was doing it since 2015. Um, but 2014 had some, had some good later round running backs. To, I wanted to get in there. But in 2014, there were only three running backs taken in the top two rounds. And in order of them being taken, the first three running backs taken that year, you're going to love these names. The first running back was Bishop Sankey to Tennessee. And then Jeremy Hill to Cincinnati and Carlos Hyde uh, to the Niners. So uh, that was the only top three or top two round running backs picked in 2014. So just saw those names, thought it was funny. Um, But anyway, I'll get off my side here. Um,
0: Those are fun names.
1: Yeah, I I, I saw Bishop Sankey, and I was like, there's no way I can't (laughs) drop his name on this podcast. So, (laughs) Yeah,
0: Jeremy Hill's good, too. That dude would just
1: score... Touchdowns. Yeah, I had him on a couple of my fantasy teams. Uh, he was a good, immaculate good answer for me recently. Um, people forget about him being on the Bengals. Man, he was a good runner. Yeah. All um, right, we can get on to our next group then. Right, wh- how yeah. many? How, do you wanna, how many do you want to go with for the next reveal?
0: Let's do like the, Let's it's do a group messy. of like. Let's do a group of like three here or four. All right. Um. So at four, I got Tony. Uh. So I actually moved Tony up. Four spots. I had him at eight originally um, and this is just based on the fact that I think he has the best odds at our division um, and I, I didn't I don't think I respected his team enough uh, in the original rankings so I do have him at four now. Um, at five I have Nick and Eddie so move them down two spots. Um, mainly the reason here they did have a good draft obviously adding Gibbs um, but really the main thing here is the the toughness of your division as well as Dalvin Cook question marks. And I don't really enjoy the, as I've talked about the Seattle Seahawks running back room and the Kenneth Walker situation. So um, that just kind of, I just thought about that a little bit more and and move them down. They're still top five. Um, And then at six, I have AJ. So last week I had him at five. Now I have him at six. Um, Still a strong team. And then, you know, the, the QB death, it still scares me a little bit with two on Stafford. So.
1: Okay. Interesting. Um, I think once I'm done with this, we'll have five of the same top six. So my fourth is Dayman and the Nightman. Um, I do want to say that I think the gap closed a lot here. Two through four, like myself, AJ, and Dayman and the Nightman. I do like all the teams a a decent bit. I wasn't willing to move them over AJ just for the addition of Gibbs, basically. Um, I wasn't quite sold as that being like the thing that I needed to be to the net to be, uh, in the next, uh, the next spot, but I've got them at like a really strong four. And then there's a little bit of a break for me. So five, I've got Zach. Um, Zach actually moved up, uh, three spots for me from last week. So I had Zach down at eight, uh, moving him up to five. I thought his draft was fine. It's good enough draft. I like say flowers. Um, I liked, um, who was that receiver he added late in the draft shoot. Was it, was it Hyatt? Yeah, he got Hyatt late in the draft, who I really mm-hmm. liked. Um, and Liam got down. So I wanted one of those guys. I was pretty salty about that. Um, and then I've got the Tuna Fish at six. Uh, they had a really good draft. This is also a three spot improvement for them, uh, for me. So um, basically, just kind of giving them their, their credit for a good draft, moving about three spots. I think they could keep moving up if their team performs to uh, the potential of some of these rookies. So that's my top six.
0: All right. And then I got. so. Seven, I have myself. Uh, So I had myself at 10 last week. I moved myself up three, I think, just based on a little bit of a weaker division, as well as improving my team where I needed to most uh, at quarterback and running back, as well as a little bit of tight end help for maybe the future. Uh, At eight, I had Zach. So I had Zach actually at four last week. Um, I think I had him a little bit too high um, just after looking at his team a little bit. Um, he did have a good draft, um, but just some of these other teams just got so much better, I think, and it just kind of was hard to outweigh um, basically what he did in the draft versus what others did. Um, then I had at nine, I had Jake. So down three spots from last time. I actually had him at six last time. Um, and then I'll just finish out the last three. I have Danny B at ten, Danny J at eleven, and Liam at twelve. Um, I hate to put Liam at 12 just because you already talked about it a little bit, how he improved his team a lot, I think, over the offseason. Um, had a good draft, was a winner of the draft, but hey, that's what you got to do to rebuild, right? So yep. um, I think he's moving in the right direction, and you know, this is just what it is at this point. So,
1: All right, we right, we've got one team that's really different. So I've got teams all over the place compared to you. I mean, we aren't lining up the same, but... Um, tier-wise, I think we've got one that's very different. So, ironically, I also have you at 7. I had you at 10 last week as well and moved you up three (laughs) spots. So we've now ranked each other the same as each other both weeks. So we're both feeling pretty similar about each other's team. As I said before, you drafted what you needed. You got that quarterback. Still some question marks uh, at the other positions. Kind of all over, but got a good team. You got a solid squad there. Good things could happen. At eight, I've got Danny J, actually. So Danny J, this was a two-spot drop for him because he didn't have a draft at all, really. So uh, I think the thing that works for Danny is he's got some really high-end players on his team. So he's a high-delta team where if these high-end players don't uh, don't perform, things might go poorly. But between Fields, Chubb, Wilson, A.J. Brown, Hawkinson, those are like five really good players to be to be trotting out every week. So um I think he's got a pretty high ceiling with those guys. Um, my ninth player is, or my, my ninth team is Danny B. So I had him at 11 last week, actually, which I kind of regretted. I think that was probably a little bit too low for his team coming in. And uh, he had a pretty decent draft. I think he's uh, kind of treading water. Um, but getting Johnston and Khalil Herbert, I think, are the big wins for him there. So moved him up a couple spots. Jake, I moved down three spots. I had him at seven last time. Uh, we've already talked about how I feel about his draft and then also factored in the Jonathan Taylor situation. Don't really know what's going to happen with that. Is there a potential that he sits out games? Who knows? So with him being his like cornerstone piece right now, I think that's kind of uh, trending in the wrong direction for him. Uh, and I moved him down five spots, actually. So he, I had him up at five last time. Uh, wow. He had the 10th pick in the draft coming in, too. I know I didn't factor in picks in my last uh, rankings, but... Just I think the talent picked around there compared to what he got Just didn't really do him any favors. And um, yeah, again, Jonathan Taylor, that would really derail his team if Jonathan Taylor's not playing. Yep. My my 11th player is the one that we disagree the most on. I put Tony at 11, actually. So I, I it's kind of, I, this was the hardest one. We talked about how it took us so long to do the, the rankings before uh, we started recording. And I was going back and forth and I couldn't decide who to move up. And Tony kind of just ended up at 11 just because – I don't know. Like, I liked his draft personally, but the more – he's the kind of team that the more I look at his roster, just the less I like it from, like, a, I can, like, actually trust these guys scenario. Like, I look at all these people on his roster, and there's a lot of young players. There's a lot of players that are either, like, coming off injuries or are injured or have legal trouble or aren't on a team right now. Like, Zeke isn't on a team right now. Um, yeah, yeah <sighs>
0: There's just just a lot
1: of, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think you just made me like question
1: everything. Um. (laughs) But then you look at the names again and you're like, oh, well, he's got T Law and Daniel Jones, who are two good fantasy quarterbacks. Yeah. If Brees, Dobbins, and Mixon are all healthy, that's three good running backs. Jamar Chase is really good. Uh, I mean, Pittman kind of gets docked a little bit because you don't know what Richardson's going to be. I don't know. Like, I feel like Tony's is the team I'm being the most critical of, but he's also got uh, like so many of those guys. Yeah, he's got so many of those guys where you just, you really don't know. Yeah. So, uh, huge, huge Delta situation. If all those guys end up hitting the ceiling, you know, could be a good team. Um, and then, yeah, I also have Liam 12, which sucks. Again, showered his offseason with praise, uh, but that team just isn't uh, isn't ready to compete this year. So, that rounds out my Tony's Corner.
0: Nice. Yeah, Tony's corner gets rounded out by just getting absolutely destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
1: I, hey, I what, gave you you him the most the highs and lows, dude. Yeah, I gave him the most uh, the most attention. So, you no, know, I really can't, wanted yeah. to make it. Can't name
0: it a seg- can't name a segment after you and give you love every time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Conflict of interest.
0: All right. Well, we're we're rounding out to the end here. The episode. Uh, just wanted to provide a sponsor for the, for the show, uh, Wrigley Field. What a place to be. A federal landmark. Um, it was built in 1914 by the great General Custer. Um, became Wrigley Field in 1920, obviously. Great gum. Um, top five gum for sure, maybe. Um, just go Just go enjoy a 12, 1250 domestic tall boy, having the bleachers with the fellas, enjoy some baseball, heckle a left fielder. If it's Lars Nudbar, even better. Um, you know, fun fact, I've been living my whole life here and I've yet to be, yet to go to Comiskey or U.S. Cellular or whatever the hell you would call it. So just, just waiting for somebody to take me, but you know, I don't really care as long as I can go to the federal landmark. I have a good time. Um, also I've been trying to see, I want to see all the stadiums in my life and I've seen probably six or seven so far. Um, and Wrigley's been by far the best atmosphere, best place to be, seven things stretch, go Cubs, go Cup snakes, you name it. Anything.
1: The world is your oyster at Wrigley Field. Wow. They must they must have paid us a lot of money, because that was <laughs> the best ad we've done yet. So I, I'm looking forward for that check to clear.
0: Straight out of Yeah, straight out of the Ricketts pocket. Love it. Um, um, and then, so, yeah,
1: you want to give a little DGEN's Delight update from last time?
0: Yeah. Um, we had, let's see, so... I think I, yeah, I had given a pick of Cubs money line last time, which was for the July twenty eighth game, which was the day after we had recorded, and it did win. So, nice. if you tailed, you're welcome. So they won three to two, I believe, against the Cardinals. Um, that was the one where I didn't know the line. I believe it was like one minus one thirty before or something like that. So Perfect. hopefully you still you still did it. Um, so that moves me to nine and eight now. So can't wait to mm-hmm. get back to football and um, and you you to start joining me on these.
1: Yeah, I got I to gotta get out of retirement, get the juices flowing again. Can't wait to start making some football wagers. Um, all I know is that we will definitely be betting on the Bears. So looking forward to that. That's for sure. Well, I think that's going to do it for us today, Will. Um, thanks, everybody out there, for listening to our 21st episode. You can now officially buy the podcast a beer, which I think that's, that's how it works now. So um, buy us a beer. And stay tuned for our season preview. I think that's going to be our next episode. Uh, That was our first ever episode when we did the season preview last year. So really excited to get back to our roots, give everybody a preview, and get pumped for the season. So that's coming at you soon, and we'll see you then.
0: Peace. one time.